Hi everyone and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We are so glad that you are with us tonight. Um, we are live if um, if you're watching us live. This is also recorded on, on Facebook as well as um, our podcast that comes out every Sunday. But if you are part of our live conversation, we would like you to know that you can share this um, with other people. Tonight our, our topic is kicking off this month. We're going to be talking about IEPs, Individual Education Plans, as they're called in the public school realm. Um, a lot of homeschoolers like to call them SEPs. We can kind of stick with the IEP theme because now with a lot of people COVID homeschooling, that's what we know. A lot of people that homeschool kids with specialized educational needs come out of the public school with this IEP understanding. So it's mm -hmm. just a word and a terminology that we at Sped Homeschool like to use just because it is a universal um, understood what that document is. But um, so this whole month we're going to focus on that topic and um, tonight we're going to kick off that conversation talking about enlisting homeschool IEP helpers and two very special guests tonight who have, as we were discussing even before this conversation began, um, that they have been working together on um, on this process of helping Don's daughter with her goals for a long, long time. And I'll have them explain that all to you. Um, it's just a beautiful story. And I want this story that they share and all the information they have to give, to give you hope that there are people out there that want to help um, with your homeschooling that are there. And, um, and maybe you've never even thought of this. I want you to think outside the box on what homeschooling is like and how to do therapy and, and all of that. And um, I also wanna do a shout out to our sponsor, Deer Hill um, Expeditions. If you um, want to find out more about them, we're, I'm going to give them a spot in the middle, halfway between, and we'll, we'll hear a little bit about um, what they offer and why they're one of the Sped Homeschool sponsors. But they're sponsoring this episode, and we are a nonprofit, so we appreciate that because um, we're completely, um, all of our work is done um, through donate donations and sponsorships. So um, so anyways, we're going to kick off this conversation. Um, Don Spence and Erie, um, Erie Cobb. Yes. Irini Cobb. Irini, yes. Okay, you may have to correct me a few more times on that. Um, I'm just going to have you two talk, just um, give a, a quick introduction. Um, you can figure out who wants to go first, but tell us just a little bit about yourselves and how long you have been working together. Dawn, you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Because if it weren't for me, I couldn't have you, right? Oh, I don't right. know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, my name is Irini Cobb, and I'm an occupational therapist, and I've been an OT for about 20 years. Um, and about 11 years ago, maybe a little more, um, I met Dawn, um, and I became her daughter's, um, occupational therapist. Um, and so that's how we met, um, all those years ago, and we've continued that relationship since then. So that's awesome. Uh, so what about you, Dawn? <laughs> well, I am a, um... I'm a mom, a homeschool mom of eight years, and I have a daughter with special needs who has some um, involved medical plus um, 
some learning issues. And so we knew from a very young age, she needed some help, um, both OT, speech, and um, occupational therapy. And um, we have gone through a lot of therapists, but I am glad to say that, and, and some were just because they moved on, but yeah. OT, mm-hmm. um, Irini has been Becca's one and only OT. And um, so it has been awesome for her to, she's there to remind me and I'm there to remind her how far, you know, my daughter has come because sometimes we forget yeah. all those things and mm-hmm. um, we'll sit and we'll go like just the other day she was doing her eval on her. She's like, do you remember when she couldn't, you know, and so we get to see those things, get to see the growth, get to see um, those things. So that's, that's a good part of our relationship is that we, uh, we get to remind each other like how, yes. how far mm-hmm. she's come. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It can well, and easy. as an occupational therapist, um, mm-hmm. there's nothing m- more rewarding um, be- when, than when you stay with a patient for that long and you actually yeah. do see that progress because many times we come in and we come out. And right. so, um, and it, you don't always get that opportunity, but also, um, it takes a different uh, personality because not everybody can maintain a relationship that long mm-hmm. and maintain a therapeutic relationship and a personal relationship. And so um, mm-hmm. I think that's been a benefit in in this uh, in this engagement, right. um, because other times I've had to leave other homes because it wasn't the right fit. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think it's also important that when you find the right fit, um, with a family, mm-hmm. as a therapist, you like to stay. Um, yeah. And so, when you know, it's very rewarding in that regard. And so, um, I like to see that because many times I don't get to see progress like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a that's a good point. That you know, it's it's not always a good fit. And I think maybe you can beat yourself up too, both parent and therapist, that, um, you know, I was trying everything I could mm-hmm. uh, right. to make this work. And and maybe it just, we just need to move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then there are some situations like the two of you have had where it's it's been a good fit. And yes. it's time to keep going. So, so that's encouragement for parents too that maybe have gone through some different um, therapy providers are going, maybe therapy is just not for us, but maybe it just wasn't the right fit yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. And so, so yeah, that's, that's a long time um, to be, <laughs> to be working together. So what are some of the benefits of having someone to collaborate? Because I know, you know, you, um, Irene, you've been doing therapy, but I know Dawn has been writing homeschool IEPs for a long time, and I know she's she's talked about collaborating. So, what does that look like? And then, um, then we'll I guess move on to the benefits after that because um, it'd be nice to know just kind of how you coordinate that. Well, Dawn usually uh, we usually follow the same kind of. So in, I, in my world, um, on our side, uh, what we have to do is we evaluate every six months. Okay. And so um, in between that, we do plan of cares, which can also be a mm-hmm. IEP, but our plan of cares lasts 60 days. And so typically in a, in a school system, your IEPs last your school year. 
Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you have your ARD meeting, which mm -hmm. is where you come together every every year. Um, of course, you can have a meeting anytime you want by law, um, but you have to have at least every year. So that's what we typically do. We talk about her IEPs yearly, and it usually falls on one of my evaluations or reevals. Mm -hmm. And we talk about, okay, we we what has she done? What is she working on? Where are we going to take her? I put in my OT input because I have to meet so many things. I have to discuss so many mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. I can't always have educational goals because in a home health setting, Medicaid's not going to pay for that. So I have mm -hmm. to incorporate also what the parent uh, wants. And it's important because we have to meet those goals and what a parent's expectations are for their child. Um, and so your therapist should always be asking you uh, as a parent, um, what is it that you want to see your daughter or son do? Um, what's important to you? Um, you know, and you want to incorporate those goals within your IEP or plan of care um, because that's important as well as all those other delays that he or she is, is presenting, whether it's visual motor, visual perceptual, activities of daily living, you know, fine motor, coordination, strengthening, all those things are important, but mm. you have to make them work with your parent, um, and they have to meet what you're doing. And so I say, well, she said, I want to work on this. I said, okay. Um, and then we write our goals together. We sit down and, and we talk about what is reasonable within a year of what we think she should meet because my goals aren't going to be the same as hers because I change mine more frequently. Um, and so it's a collaboration. And we've done that since the very beginning, since Becca started school. I remember when she said, I'm going to homeschool Becca. And I'm like, oh, my, you know, um, what a big embark embarkment she took. But it, it was probably the best one that ever happened to Rebecca. Um, and so I know for me, that's she presents it to me, we sit down together and we use that time um, and I use it as education um, yeah. because I am educating the parent on, you know, progressing her child, what comes next mm -hmm. um, from those, from the OT standpoint. And then she brings in that teacher. Of course, she says, well, I want to work on reading and I'm like, okay. Um, and so then I make my own goals uh, around that, around her goals, so that they mesh and that we're always doing the same things at the same time. That's really cool. Yeah. So, so Don, from your side then, what are you, um, you know, how are you setting up, you know, when, when Irene asks you, you know, how do you, how do you prepare, I guess, for what you're going to set for your daughter's goals so that you can kind of collaborate on that? Um, sometimes I've done like informal evaluations where I just sat down and looked at, okay, what is she doing as far as letters and numbers and what is she doing, you know, with these certain things? And I look at, okay, where do I want her to go with from there? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just taking out work samples and, and seeing what she's doing with the reading and, and with speech and seeing where I think that there needs to be some growth. And then we'll just, you know, I'll write them down and figure out where exactly I want her to go in a year. Mm -hmm. um, 
But sometimes it's funny, like Rini said, sometimes our goals are so intertwined mm-hmm. and and when I'm doing things with her on a daily basis, it's like it, it I mean you don't even know where they're where they're where they come together and when they go apart because they're so mm-hmm. intertwined with each other. Um and what I like about doing the IEP with, with Rini and is that she's actually one of the implementers on some of her goals and she takes data too. And so we know we can collaborate that way. And then she also, um, she signs off on the art. So, you know, if we ever needed to present that, what we were doing with Rebecca, it's very professional mm-hmm. and it's very, um, thought, you know, it, the process looks like just like it would anywhere else. So if I ever had to take her somewhere and I needed um, extra school help or mm-hmm. at some point when if, you know, college or whatever things that where God may lead Becca, I will have all the documentation to help her get where she needs to be. Exactly. That's a good and one thing. Don just mm-hmm. mentioned um, it's it's um, data. <laughs> data drives everything. And and I don't mm-hmm. just learn that when I worked in a school, um, data is what gives you that information on where to go next. Mm -hmm. And if you don't write your goals and if you don't write IEPs, um, or whatever you choose to call them in your framework, um, then you're not going to know what comes next. in 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 that, in that progression of, of teaching your child and also collaborating with your therapist developmentally, we can be able to say, well, he's not, or he's not going to be able to do that first. You need to back up and you need to work on this first before you get to that. So it has to be age appropriate developmentally, not just grade appropriate. Um, I think a question that I asked was what grade do we have Becca in this year? And so that's how we know that I have her in fourth this year, because that's what developmentally was right for her as we progressed along. And we only have what comes next because of that data collection. And so making simple data sheets um, and, I, you know, Dawn writes everything down. She types it all out. Mm-hmm. You know, we I mean, and then when we proofread it and we go and we make changes, mm-hmm. she makes a final copy that we sign um, and puts it in her file. And so it's very important to keep your data, not just for yourself, but for your child Um, because that's what's important is knowing where your child needs to go from there and Mm -hmm. remembering that your child has a disability but it doesn't change what you do in the course of what you are going to do with your other children Um, and we give Rebecca the same tests that uh, her siblings take you know Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's it's just as fair and it it gives Mm -hmm. you a basis of where you want to be. Um, yeah, I think what that you baseline, those that data collection. Yeah. There's a reason those are all written in that that IEP document. And if, um, as a parent, if you're wondering how do I do this, um, on our website, Sped Homeschool, on the homepage, you can download a free template that will um, help you with that process. It'll walk you step-by-step through with a guide and some resources as well that you can um, print off. I know Don now uses that, and Mm -hmm. um, it's the the template that 
I guess you both work on <laughs> yes. for Dawn's daughter. So, um, but, but I remember when first writing that template, you know, making sure we got all those, those things in, because like you said, Irene, it, it is so important. There, there's a reason all of those things are in that, that document mm-hmm. and they have right. a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And to create that history, like Don was talking about, I mean, when your child gets older, the more history you have, I know a lot of people ask, why would I write this document? It seems like so much work. But when you have to advocate for services for your, your yes. student after they graduate, if they after. have to ask for requests from colleges or mm-hmm. trade schools and those things, the more history you have recorded, the more likely your child is going to get that assistance. Mm-hmm. So. And we call that transition planning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you need to talk about that transition planning, not when they're 18. I'm still looking for someone to interview for the last week of this month. I've I've got a couple (laughs) leads, but hopefully the last Tuesday of this month we'll be talking about transition planning. So if you have a high schooler, definitely. Yeah, but you don't talk Mm -hmm. about it just when you're in high school. They have to prepare before that because, you know, so many of those lists and and things that they need, um, they, it needs to be done early so that they have that time to be able to get it by the time they're 18. Um, and right. I and we've just we've discussed that several times too. Um, and so it's it's very important. And one other thing, if you if you're a parent sitting here watching this, and you know um, your therapist has not worked in a school and doesn't understand you know all those terms of you know what's an IP what's an art it doesn't matter because it's the same thing as a plan of care it's goals Mm -hmm. and your therapist can help you with goals just the same it's just Mm -hmm. terminology that is different so don't get hung up on that terminology Mm -hmm. um, and, and don't be apprehensive about asking your therapist to help you because it's the same thing it's just time might be different but you're still working on the same thing um That's a good point. so yeah. don't you know don't mm-hmm. confuse the that with not being able to go to your therapist and seeking his or her help um because they can help you um just yeah. use just use those different terms um and and ask them for what you need so yeah yeah, yeah, and in Texas we call it an ARD. I know in other states it's a different um, terminology, yes. but um, since we're all in Texas, we're talking ARDs. But that's the review process that's done on an IEP on well in the school, like you said, um, a year on a yearly basis. So, um, so that's that's good. Um, and and I know now that um, Don, your daughter is now involved in this process as well. Can you talk a little bit about? how she's gotten involved as she's gotten older because i think that's a really important point and i know a lot of um a lot of advocates for children with disabilities talk about this process of involving a child when they are ready well kind of talking to my daughter seeing what she wants to learn where she wants to go what she wants to do next Mm -hmm. um because in the end, I'm preparing her for that transition of what she wants to do in her life. Yeah. And whether it be going to, you know, uh, they have some programs around here that at the college that she could go to and do some mm-hmm. prep like that. Or, you know, who knows where she's going to be in eight years. I mean, she's surprised me so many ways. <laughs> I mean, 
from not talking to now you're like, okay, it's time to go to bed, you know? <laughs> so we've come a long way. So just oh. sitting down and, and she'll tell you, I want to learn about this. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very emphatically about, uh, even though this is not one of her IP goals, but at night she wants to read biographies. Mm-hmm. We read about, uh, Tesla. We've read about Einstein. We've, we're reading about Alan Keller right now and um, Abraham Lincoln. That's her favorite. Don't get her. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln's the man in her world. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, that's the greatest thing too about these kiddos is that um, they, they have a plan of what they're thinking that what they want to do. And the more you involve them, and the more you can get them to take ownership of what you're doing with them, the more that they're going to want to do it. Well, she's the one who came to us and said she wanted to read. Mm-hmm. Remember? Ah, I, yes. wanted, I wanted yes. to learn to read. And then that's why we started. Okay. But then we had to backtrack many times. Wait, nope. We got to, nope. We got to present it this way. Nope. We got to do this way. Yep. And, you know, we, we, we have our own, Mm, ideas of what we think is going on up there. Um, (laughs) But, you know, she teaches us something different. And it's like, ah, Lee, man, Becca, why can't you just do like what I know, you know? And it's just, it just doesn't work that way. And so um, your, your kid will teach you what you want to know, whether they have a disability or not. And and I think that's what's important is many times we've stepped back and we've let Rebecca teach us um, mm-hmm. and knowing what comes next. And uh, and that's we're like, well, <laughs> you know, she doesn't follow any type of book. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> and she's definitely challenged me many ways in my career. Um, and I'm like, wow, man, it's just so so take the time and this allows you to do that. Um, this allows you to take the time and knowing what's important um, in their education, whether you're in public school or homeschool um, or whether you decide homeschool's not for you anymore. You sure know how to go to that public school and say, this is the way she learns best. Um, right. So yes. you, yeah. you're, you're the best advocate. And, and so that's what you're learning at home. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a good point is, you know, a lot of parents are COVID homeschooling, keeping mm-hmm. records and all that. And next week, actually, we're going to talk with two lawyers from California on what you nice. should be doing for record keeping. If you mm-hmm. plan on putting your child back in school or you're even just thinking that may be a possibility so that you can have that IEP conversation going back in with the right data and all the yeah. other things. So um, we're going to talk about that next week. But um, yeah, it is very important. But I, I love that, you know, she's teaching you things as well as um, you two. I'm working with her, but but you're a team. And, yes, and absolutely. And she feels safe enough um, to, to express to both of you that, um, this is what I want to do and mm-hmm. that you will take that feedback and, and run with it. So, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes when she doesn't want to do what Miss Rini wants her to do and she looks at me and I'm like, I'm not getting you out of this because <laughs> I know what's better. For, you know, this is what you need to do. So she knows mommy and uh, Miss Rini are a team and, mm. and we're doing what's best for her. That's so. awesome. Yeah. 
So we have a question and I'm not sure this is applicable or not um, because I know, Irene, you are an OT, but it talks about a speech therapist um, helping with the reading process. Um, so I think she, they, they should. Um, and that's, there's, well, back, back when we started reading, we talked about, um, how do you present it? And, and we mm -hmm. talked about issues that we thought Rebecca might have. Um, and then that's where Dawn came up with some of the programs that she, how she wanted to start. Mm -hmm. Um, because there, there is that, um, processing part of it um, that is very important. And I think I did at one point say at the time, whoever the speech therapist was, I don't even remember who it was, ask your speech therapist because I'm not sure. But, and so, you know, when it's not in my scope of practice, I definitely um, pass the buck, you know, sometimes. Um, and, and so, uh, because I don't know, like I, I honestly don't know how those things work or what sounds come before this or or what have you. And so that's where your speech therapist does need to come in play. So going back to working as a team, your therapist just is not someone who comes and goes. It just shouldn't be, not, not when you're trying to um, get your kids the highest function as possible. Um, and according to their disability, um, to their cognitive level, um, you know, I've, I've seen kids learn more than I thought initially, um, because you give them a chance. And so your speech therapist definitely needs to be involved in the reading process. Um, especially if they have like dyslexia or, um, auditory processing and things like that. I think we use the, the little telephones. Oh, remember? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We use the little telephone so that there we could hear. Uh-huh. And those are used by speech therapists. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I think it's important. Yeah, I have consulted with uh, my speech therapist because a lot of times, especially um, sounds are so related to reading and um, uh, LIDAR does have some auditory processing issues. And so, um, you know, going to your speech therapist and you can come up with a, okay, so which of these skills should I work on first? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, rhyming is a big deal. Just working on that, getting them ready for auditory, uh, you know, with the auditory processing, getting them ready to be able to read because you mm -hmm. have to be able to do the rhyming because that helps you with all the word family. Word family. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, I, I say, you know, for sure work with your, with your therapist because not everybody has an education degree. So you don't know, like, you know, everything is a stepping stone. So finding mm -hmm. that first step to go to, then you build. And so if you don't know that process, then definitely I think you should work with your therapist. They should be helping you and, and working with you and helping you find out where your child is and what the next step is. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you, Melissa, for the question. And if you're watching and you have other questions for, for Don and Irini, um, 
feel free to put them in the feed. Um, we are about halfway through and we're at a breaking point in our conversation. So I'm going to give them a little time off and we're going to hear from our sponsor and then we're going to come back. We're going to keep discussing and, um, and hopefully build in some more of your questions. So um, Melissa said, said thanks. So um, yeah, it was a very good answer to, to her question. I appreciate both of you for that. So, all right, so I'm gonna give you a quick break and we're gonna hear from our, our sponsor at Deer Hill Expeditions. And so I'm gonna put up their website. It's deerhillexpeditions.com. And, um, and they are sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. And so this is what um, they would like you to know about them. So Deer Hill Expeditions, located in Southwest Colorado, is offering a fun new way for your student to learn outside this, this school year. They have a new program named Homeschool Scholar Adventure Program, or HSAP for short. It's a two-week adventure style program designed specifically to give homeschool and non-traditional students a unique and fun way to experience um, away from their normal schooling routine and into nature with their peers. The experienced leaders and a tailored curriculum will guide students the first week at base camp, engaging with interactive classroom work. Then students will head out during week two for an expedition style adventure to cap off their experience. The first session starts April 3rd. It's just a few months away and you can learn more at their website, DeerHillExpeditions.com. So, so thank you so much, Deer Hill, for sponsoring this episode of Be to Partner with Sped Homeschool. And um, we appreciate that. Um, that sponsorship as well as you're just um, supporting our efforts as, as we continue to help parents and homeschoolers. So so I'm going to bring Don and Irini back and we are going to continue this conversation about enlisting homeschool IEP helpers and um, you guys have provided some some great feedback already and, and answers and and even encouragement I think to parents as um, just You've kind of shared just the, how things work, you know, in the in and out of, of you guys just um, starting together and keeping going together. Um, you know, over the years, um, how have, you know, you worked out the roles? I know you say that, you know, some some of the record keeping Irini does and then Don, I'm assuming you do some. And then, mm -hmm. you know, even just communicating. Um, I know that's a difficult thing when you're working in a school setting or just with multiple teachers, how has that worked best for the two of you to communicate with each other? And I know it's going to be unique for different situations, but maybe just um, some ideas for um, to share with other parents. And then just um, have you kept data on spreadsheets, on computers? Do you, you know, keep it in a log that's physical or how, how does that seem to work best for the situation that you guys have kind of, I guess, um, perfected over the years? <laughs> um, we mostly do it on I we keep work samples like she was working on a cutting goal. Then we would put all that stuff together and I would attach it to that goal so we could see the progression of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. if I'm working on letters, then I will, um, you know, attach data there. Like when she's going over her letters, I'm just going to mark them as I go. So definitely do it in the moment when uh, that way you're not making it harder for yourself to go back and think later like okay 
which word did she know? Which word did she not know? Right. Um, so that way you were, um, you're doing it all along. And so it's an easy process to do it that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, uh, yes. Um, and of course I have to uh, write, I have to document every time I'm there. Right. Um, I mean, with any company, um, Dawn and I have always done home health uh, with Rebecca. Um, she's gone to the clinic for other therapies, but for us, we've also we, we've always done home health. And so, um, and not every parent does this, but you know, I have a box, and and my box has my stuff that I work with her. And I date everything on there. And I say whether it was an OT or not. Um, and then we, and then I'll write on there, you know, on her paper, you know, she used this many cues. She needed this mm -hmm. much assistance. Um, so we do know, but Dawn has also had data sheets um, that she's had, but we, we've just, I'm, I'm a data collector, but she's a data collector. And, and through the years, I mean, it is up here. I've had her so long. Um, I just, I just know, um, what, what she does sometimes, but there's times where I have to go back to my note and I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I have to go back to my note and see, I don't remember what I wrote. Um, and so we do that. Uh, and so, but your, your question too was you, how do we communicate? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, all the time, yeah. honestly. Um, I come twice a week, but when we started, we were, that was three times a week. That's mm -hmm. when, you know, things are really mm -hmm. cool. Um, and so I was there so much that you, you just learn how to communicate with that parent. And every parent is different and not every parent is going to be the same. Um, and so, you know, that as, mm -hmm. as a clinician, um, mm -hmm. you know, what you can get from this parent and what you can't get from this parent or that parent. And so that's why it's very important. Uh, and I can't stress this enough. And I'm sure Don will agree with me. You have to have a positive working relationship with mm -hmm. your parents. You do not have to be friends with them. You do not have to know their personal business. You just have to have a positive relationship and an open communication system. Um, we text, we email, we talk on the phone. And of course that has progressed through the years, mm -hmm. but it's always been an open communication. And so um, as a clinician too, don't be afraid to tell that parent, you know, where that child is because it's important that they know right because it, you have to have an acceptance from your parent in order to move forward as a team. Yeah. And so if your parents not on the same page as you, then you're not going to be able to work as a team very, very efficiently. Um, and so that's also important um, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how we've communicated through the years. But I, I do that with almost all of my parents. I have an open line of communication. I mean, they text me, all hours of the night, day, and and I respond because you might be their only person that they have as support. You know, um, they're grieving. They 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 ask questions. Why? 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 And you're there to provide that 
those answers and you may be the only person that can answer that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it doesn't bother me. Um, it never has, but if I don't get to you tonight, I'm, I'll get to you tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> you know, I just, it, it, I mean, we all have lives and mm-hmm. I have children too. And so, um, you know, we, we, it's a give and take, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, what's important too, but, but I just am a different clinician all the way around. Not everybody is able to do that and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but be open with your therapist, be available and yeah. be honest mm-hmm. and, and they can provide you with a lot more support than you think mm-hmm. um, in many ways. And when it, and like we said earlier in the beginning, when it's not a good match, it's not a good match and don't feel right. bad to be able mm-hmm. to, to what, Hey, I need a new therapist. We're just not getting anywhere. I mean, she's not meeting goals. And when you mm-hmm. take data, then you know they're not meeting goals. And so you mm-hmm. get to say that, hey, mm-hmm. you've been working on the same thing for a year. Are, are, are we going to talk about something else? Mm-hmm. So um, that's important too. But I'm sure Donna will agree with me. I'm not sure, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, 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 you know, one of the things that I, I love about our collaboration is that being on the same page, um, like there's been times when we've been working on a, like science when she was younger and Irene would just come in and she'd make that part of her goal because one of the things are part of her therapy because one of the things that a lot of our kids is you know we think oh they got to do therapy then they need to do school well school is their therapy because Mm -hmm. if I put more on my daughter after she's worked for an hour with Irene that's a lot of work that's hard work that's not you know, that's that's things where she's really having to use her mind and her muscles and her, mm-hmm. you know, um, crossing endurance. the red line and yeah. endurance. Yeah. I mean, she's tired. And so a lot of times she'll look at me and Narini, she's like, okay, can I have my break now? But she knows, <laughs> like, after she does with us, she usually goes and plays with Legos for a while because she just mm-hmm. needs that downtime. Yeah. So you know, count your therapy as your school. That's why if you incorporate it together, mm-hmm. they're not working harder, you're working smarter and you're not going to mm-hmm. cause your child to have to do 10 more things, you know? Um, right. So, and you know, there have been times with other therapists, I haven't really had to do this with Irene, that when the goals weren't, you know, they if they developed them on their own and didn't talk with me and I didn't like them, I asked them to change them because, and you know, this is for my daughter. It's not personal, Mm -hmm. but in the, in the long run, I am responsible for her education and for her life and where she's going to be. So don't be afraid to say, you know, this Mm -hmm. is, these goals are not working for me. They're not working for the best of my daughter. And um, let's, let's, let's go back to the drawing board and rethink this. Yeah, mm-hmm. being an advocate for your child in mm-hmm. those situations when there there is a disagreement—that's a good point too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's awesome advice. Um, Sarah had said, um, "I all great advice. Thank you." So I just wanted you to know that um, you're encouraging many out there already. <laughs> so, um, and if you're watching live, um, please do know you can put comments and questions in the feed as as we. Um, continue on. Um, 
So do you have any advice? I guess, you know, we've talked a little bit about this. This was just the next question I have. Um, and we, we've discussed, you know, that it's always not a perfect fit and, um, and that you do need to, to advocate and, and know when when it's working and when it's not. Mm -hmm. um, but for, for people that are just thinking, you know, I really want to get something like this started, have, enlisting somebody to help me with my child's goals. I don't even know where, where to start. How, how would a parent go about that? And I know it's probably different technically in different states, but, um, but do you have any advice for anybody who's just kind of getting started? They've been homeschooling, they know their child's struggling. What do I do? How do I take that first step? Um, if they're not already getting therapy, then, you know, that's probably a good place to go. And then when you call the office to talk to about sending out a therapist, ask them for someone that's open to homeschooling because it mm -hmm. does make a difference because some people are not open to homeschooling and they don't, um, they don't understand the flexibility. They don't understand like my daughter is not doing, I'm not going to be like going by every law of the letter as school would be. So I mm -hmm. want someone that's going to realize that, that I'm doing what's best for my daughter. And I'm, I have these ideas and these goals and these plans mm -hmm. and if they're shut off to homeschooling or shut off to certain things, that's not who you want to elicit. You want to elicit someone that's going to be open. So have that conversation before you even invite that therapist into your house. That's that that would, that would be my first word of advice. Mm -hmm. Good point. I, you know, Don, but we met before, we met before all that even happened, you know, I mean, these babies were nine yeah. months old and, you know, the, she wasn't talking, she wasn't eating. So yeah. there were so many bridges to cross before we even came to the word school. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I remember that, that summer before the girls were going to turn, you know, go, they were going to go to school yeah. and mom decided this. I was like, all right. I mean, let's do it, you know, and, <laughs> and we didn't know how we were going to do it because, you know, there was a time where Becca worked on sensory integration and, um, as an SI therapist, you know, I, my, my most important goal at the time was just getting her alert and calm in order to take in new information neurologically. And so that was all I was concerned about, mm. you know, and we had behaviors a long time before this. And so I, you know, we had to, we had behavior and then we had illness and then, you know, this after this, after this. So your, as you progress, things are going to be different and times are going to change. And that's how relationships evolve as well. Um, because, you know, she needed different things at different times. Um, and then when feeding became the main issue, then we had to switch our goals to feeding and, and then that's what we did you know so that's why enlist your therapist and because your therapist is that person that knows normal growth and development normal growth and development what does that mean it means neurologically what is your child supposed to be doing at a certain age not every child's going to walk at one years old okay yeah. and that's you know that's just not how it is you're it's it's just not that's not there and so 
that's why you need to talk to your therapist and say what she is you know this age what is what do we need to be doing at this time or what should we be doing okay well this is where she is all right so then we back up and and that's what how you enlist the help of your therapist as well um and then what is your homeschool uh what is your goal of homeschool what do you want your homeschool to look like you know um do you want group work do you want this because you know i'm a push-in or i'm an observer or what have you and so um there were many times i was part of the lesson um all many still am you know uh, sometimes we sit at the kitchen table and we're not in the classroom and everybody's listening you know um the other kids know where becca is developmentally too because they've heard it for so many years so not only are me and Don or Don and I um, collaborators, the whole family is. Mm. Um, and even her caregiver. Um, her caregiver is part of her plan of care too. Mm. And you know, you, you need to do the same things as what I'm doing because that's how you promote the goals in order to meet those goals is having them done every day versus just when your therapist is there. Exactly. Um, and so that's what's important, too, um, is that and it's we have research to back that up. You know, don't just do and wait for your therapist to come and do it twice a week, one time a week or whatever. Right. Incorporate what she's doing. Be a part of that therapy session. Watch him or her and mimic that when she's gone or he's gone. Be the therapist when when your therapist is gone. And I think that's what Dawn's done so well um, is that, you know, she's learned how to be that therapist mm -hmm. and not just a mom and not just a teacher. Um, and I feel like that is what has made this this relationship successful is that she was open to learning and mm -hmm. and always supportive no matter what um in more ways than one honestly um and so right. it's a well, I it's, can a, it's see a, how, how flexible you've been too irene and you know and that yeah. makes that work as well and and so it, it's been a give and take on both of you and it seems like you have learned this dance so not to step on each other's toes, but really to work harmoniously together, which has been, it's, exactly. it's really neat. That um, I think it's a blessing, okay. actually. I think it's mm -hmm. a blessing that, that you know, as many homeschoolers work, work it, God puts the right people in your life at the right time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to pray about what you want um, and what you seek and 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 making those connections uh right um and i think that's what's also helped this union as well is just uh we have the same beliefs too and so mm -hmm. you can find that you can you can find it um agree Don? exactly yeah i agree with you and it's <laughs> funny it's like it's like every uh tuesday night and every uh um, Sunday, well, night. actually, well, Sunday night and actually, uh, Tuesday night, I'm like, okay, go get Miss Irene's bucket and put yep. it by the bench and it's already here, you know, and waiting mm -hmm. for her. And, um, 
you know, she's like, I need this, this, this. I'm like, all right, let me go and order it, you know? So, you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we make sure that she has the tool that she needs. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, she, she also like encourages Becca to do the other things from the other uh, services that she needs. Like, okay, you need to work on your speech and you need to, um, mm -hmm. you need to get those, those, feet down on the floor and quit that toe talk, toe walking. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, she, she sees her as a whole, you know, person. And that's what I know when you have a good therapist is that they don't just see their, she doesn't just come in to be the OT. She comes in to see, uh, my daughter is the whole, the whole person. And, right. um, and she does that really well. And, um, so I appreciate it. And like, right now we're working with her on her writing and we're using the same paper highlighting it the same mm -hmm. so that it doesn't matter if Irini does it or my caregiver does it or I do it she knows we are going to all be consistent with each other that's so important consistency there's that word yes mm -hmm. if the more consistent you are the more uh results you're gonna see it, it you just mm -hmm. are it is it is you are mm -hmm. so yeah yeah. Uh, so I know, um, Don, you are the, the queen of resources. <laughs> um, so are there any resources that your places you go for like data collection sheets and other places that homeschool parents can go to get different resources that you used in the process of working on um, your daughter's IEP and those goals and, and other things that um, I think my favorite place right now is Teachers Pay Teachers because they have so many free things for because of COVID and everything out there right mm -hmm. now and a lot of the forms are you can edit them to match what you want it to say so um, free and, and things that you can edit are always a plus in my book um, mm -hmm. Uh, so honestly, that's what I'm doing. And then I create my own, um, you know, uh, word documents when I was a special ed teacher. Um, sometimes the biggest thing is don't work on every IEP goal every day. Like sometimes no. you need to work on like, I'm going to work on math this day. I'll work on reading this day or I'll work on writing this day mm. and break them down because it becomes overwhelming if you're, because you think about it, you're creating these goals because it's something that's a challenge for your child. So do you want to challenge them like constantly all day or do you want to give them some things in the middle? So um, mm. especially with, with my daughter, like her caregiver, has some of the goals mixed in there, but with games as well. So she gets to do some, um, you know, and coloring is good for her because of fine motor. So find things that you can put in there mm -hmm. that are still goals, but are fun at the same time, because nobody wants to be challenged all day long. I don't want to be challenged all day long. <laughs> so, um, you know, so how can you make it fun to learn, effective to learn, but at the same time, you know, give them that like today she was cutting and coloring and she's like, ah, I got off easy. Mom's just giving me something fun to do, but she doesn't know <laughs> I'm working on OT goals the whole entire time, right. you know, and that's fine. I'm working on multi things, but she's like, hey, 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 
I think, you know, and that's fine. I'd, I'd rather her think that because then, mm -hmm. she, then it's still fun and it's still good for her. And she's not looking at something she has to do, but that she gets to do. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and that and a, a, a note on that is sometimes well, when it was a goal, we worked on it, we worked on it, we worked on it, she mastered that goal. Mm -hmm. But then later on, we go and ask her and we find that she's forgotten everything. And I was like, Oh, my gosh. Oh, so no. never ever think Oh, yeah, all the time. And never ever think that just because they master a goal that they never need to do it again. And oh, so that's, that's yes. And so that's why in her independent time um she has those other things that she does that she thinks are cool uh -huh. um, but it's just for her to remember and always get that brain working um neurologically you need to tap into that all the time um mm -hmm. and by making it fun and so that's what we've realized through these years is that when i thought she knew something somewhere it went away and you always got to bring you know reteach it later yeah. on um, because we always forget, you know, sometimes that that, mm -hmm. that brain, it works differently. And so you always got to mm -hmm. fill it up. Yeah. So. so so now when she does accomplish a goal, do you do that? Do you think of ways that you can then incorporate it back in as a, like, yeah. as a test? Or Every a, day we look at each other and we go, what happened? What, <laughs> what, where did that go? And what? all right, well, and we got to reel her back in and, mm. and start all over again. And then I tell her, Dawn. You got to make that a part of um, her independent work, you know, mm -hmm. just incorporating yeah. her independent boxes. That way she's doing that throughout her schoolwork, but it's on her time when she chooses, yeah. Um, yeah. not someone else telling her what to do. And so that's what makes your school day go to is not all the time kids are doing what you're telling them to do at school. Exactly. They have to sit there at a desk and they have to work on their own while the teacher's working with someone else. And when you're a homeschool mom, you're one of you and, you know, <laughs> no, yeah, multiple kids and multiple grades. So you got to be creative. And that's one thing Dawn's done is be creative with all of the children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so uh, Rebecca's in therapy. You'll need to go work on your independent boxes. Mm -hmm. okay. You know, yeah, so yeah. be creative is, is a good, is a good um, suggestion. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, one thing I do is I take a piece of paper and I put all the things that I want her to work on in a week. And um, I put them all like in one line for Monday, Tuesday. But then I go back and highlight the ones that I'm going to specifically work on that day. So maybe in math, we're going to work on shapes. But then tomorrow we're going to work on numbers and we're going to work on this because, you know, mm -hmm. Sometimes people are like, oh, we'll do all of that multiple times a day. I, my daughter can't handle that. Now, some kids can. If your kid can, then that's awesome. But my daughter can't. That's just too overwhelming. And I don't want her to shut down. Um, yes. So in a day, by doing that chart with both me and my caregiver, I touch on at least 20 different things. Mm -hmm. But they're quick, they're fast, and they're fun. Like she's doing numbers one through 50 right now. Well, there's these, um, the, there's these sticker books called paint by number and it has all the numbers. And so she has to go and put the stickers and number she's counting, but she's creating a picture. She's doing art at the same time. Right. So just finding those ways that would help your child make that same goal 
And I know it's hard in the beginning because you're just like, I, I, I'm overwhelmed. I'm new to homeschooling. Right. Trying to find um, all those resources and, yeah. Get a deck of cards. There's like 5 million things you could do with a deck of cards. And then, you you know, at the same time, you're, and, you know, and even maybe ask your therapist. Um, games. What are, what are some oh, fun yeah. games exactly. that are... Her speech therapist is bringing in, um, Simon says, air right now. That, mm. And um, I can see where that multi-step process and where executive functioning are really being challenged. Yes. Um, wow. When yeah. my daughter was younger, we would swing her. We had an indoor swing in our house. And um, we would swing her. And then she would come and do some work because we'd have to get mm. her She had our listening program for a while that Mm -hmm. we incorporated into work. I mean, we've done a lot of games with Rebecca, too, like um, uh, the, you know, throughout the lots of games. But she thinks it's fun because it's a game. Um, She has no idea. (laughs) And so um, but just, you know, working on visual motor skills, figure ground, you know, visual discrimination, all those things that OTs work on by the um the little circle cards don what's that game called um um, the nemo one she has the Uh, circle cards where you turn them over spot it it. Mm -hmm. can think of it spot it oh my goodness one of the best ot games and she loves it um and so Mm -hmm. and of course you know i'm gonna win um (laughs) and so then you build that autonomy you know and you're Mm -hmm. building all those other social skills that are Mm -hmm. so important because you're in homeschool and you you may not always uh, if one day a week you go to co-op or whatever you gotta always build social skills and work on those things that's a constant mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. kids lives and so s- find people like Dawn and ask those questions you know because those are the people that are going to help you these kind of things like I, I you know I mean, obviously, if I know where to, if I'm going to homeschool, I know where to go, but, uh, (laughs) but I mean, you know, but this kind of thing is what I would look for when I would start researching. How do I go find, you know, Mm -hmm. how do I Google? How do, you know, things like that. And so asking questions and, and, and. Yeah, and Don has a plethora of articles on her website. Plethora. So you just have to look at spedhomeschool.com and search Don Spence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'll find all of her articles and very hands-on practical um, advice. Just appreciate that, Don. So Don is our teaching manager here at, um, at Sped Homeschool and helps us to set our content every month. Um, so we're wrapping up. Is there anything last comments you have to say? I know Melissa said, um, this is amazing. We have never merged therapy with homeschool goals. So, so hopefully we've taken some of you out of your box on this. Um, because it, as like Don and Irene have been talking about, this can be so more impactful Mm -hmm. if, um, if you do the merging of, of your, your child's goals with, um, with what you're doing in your homeschooling. Just like mm-hmm. Irene, you were talking about, you know, just the, the consistency. And, you know, Don, you were talking about how, you know, everybody does everything the same, whether, you know, it's one person working with her or another. It's that communication. But um, it's just helping her go that much faster because it's less confusing and you're, you're all headed in the same direction with her. Exactly. So, and if you have a awesome therapist like I have, because we love Miss Arini, I mean, my daughter. Don't be, does, put, don't be put, put me out here now. I'm just kidding. 
Yeah, because you can't have her. She's yeah. Like, um, <laughs> um, you know, and my daughter hugs her and loves her, mm-hmm. and and because they, she sees that love that Arini has for her, mm-hmm. it makes her have a safe place to learn and to try and to fail, and it's okay. Yeah. So if you have a good therapist, do not lose them. They're a gem, and Arini is a gem. Well, if you'll, they're, the whole family is on my refrigerator behind oh. me. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my picture of my drawing of myself from Becca, so, you know. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you, ladies, for your time. This has been an incredible discussion. I just appreciate both of you and um, just the the advice, the wisdom, the and, and just being real with us tonight. Uh, just how how this has worked out for you and I, I hope it's an encouragement for many in the years to come um, and I just want to thank all of you for joining us live uh, we've had quite a few viewers and um, so we do this every week um, we are continuing our discussion on IEPs throughout this month um, and like I mm-hmm. said next week we're going to talk about COVID homeschooling and IEP record keeping so if uh, you know of anybody who may be considering Going back to a school situation, whether it's um, it's a traditional public school or maybe a charter school or some other kind of school, and you want to have enough documentation of what you're doing while you're homeschooling your student, um, that's um, what we're going to talk about next week. And you never know; you just may enjoy it a lot. Hopefully, can hopefully we can convince you of that, and you you won't go back. <laughs> but, <laughs> But I know there's a lot of different situations that um, have people changing um, that that situation. So we, we want to be able to encourage you in all the ways that we can. So so thank you again, ladies. Thank you all for joining us. Um, next week's episode will be a half an hour earlier just because of our guests need to be on at that time. So, so we'll be on at 7.30 to 8.30. But otherwise, um, same time or same day of the week, so Tuesday night, and we'll all see you then. So have a good night, everybody, and uh-huh. thanks thank for you. joining us. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.